0: Hi, welcome to the Vine Church Podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Please, come on. Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. Much appreciated. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. Wow, it is quite bright, actually. Goodness. My eyebrows are getting bushier um, with age. Let's just watch a bit of beauty, and the beast to start this off. Are we ready for this? Couple of minutes clip. Just sit back and enjoy. To see you. Kiss you. This is introducing our new teaching series, short teaching series called Transformation. And there you see Walt Disney's attempt at showing the ultimate transformation. And you know the best stories that have been written, the best novels, the best poetry, the best music in our culture from classical times to modern times, the best songs are all trying to capture this hope that mankind seems to have, that we might possibly be changed. We might be able to be transformed into something beautiful. And um, Disney do it brilliantly. And just for the sake of interpretation, in that little story, that analogy, that fairy tale, we are the beast. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. And there's a bit of a beast, isn't there, in all of us? Can everybody see it occasionally? Just, is it too hard to recognize that just occasionally we can be a bit beastly? But the truth is, real hope came with Belle. Beauty did come. It looked like Jesus. Beauty came. Two weeks after Easter, we're asking the question, what happens after the cross? Once beauty has done its work, that we can be transformed. Is it that we can be transformed by beauty, by love, as the story suggests. Or is it just a fairy tale? A tale as old as time, that love might transform you. But there is the gospel, as best you'll ever see it, that love comes and we can be transformed. If you're feeling um, beastly at all this morning, No, don't put your hand up. You're in good company. Um, The Bible, most of the great characters in the Bible, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, if you're familiar with any of those names, um, David, Peter, Paul, all of them were beastly at one stage or another. Abraham doubted God and slept with his maidservant to fulfill the promise that God had given him. Sarah, his wife, laughed at God. Moses, when confronted by the burning bush, and asked to by God himself to set the Israelites free said send somebody else please david murdered committed adultery peter the rock on which this church is built peter the apostle that wrote part of the new testament denied christ 3 times was an an angry man short tempered it seems Paul, the great apostle, was at one time a persecutor of the church, allowing people to be stoned. They hated the church, and if there's anything in those dramatic character types that you recognize, it may not be as obvious, but wherever you're at, whatever you've done, God loves you and can transform you. And if you want to be transformed, if you want to be changed, he has the power to change us if we want it. You see, God loves us enough to accept us as we are, but he loves us enough to want to change us. Isn't that great news? It's maybe scary news, but it's great news. I heard a great phrase from Jensen Franklin, good preacher. You don't get good to get God. You don't become better. You don't start reading your Bible. You don't start coming to church. You don't start doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And then God comes. Actually, you get God so that you can become good. Only God has the power, really, to transform your life. And I want to talk about this morning just to introduce this series. How can we take hold of the power of God to transform our lives from inside out, from the deepest parts of what motivates us, our behavior, our thinking, and our lives, such that we can enter into the full promises of God, the full hope of God. Let's look at the next slide Tale as old as time. Anybody enjoy Disney stories? Love it. Have you seen this one? Beauty it in the Beast. Um, just, just beautiful. And the, the truth is that uh, God does want us to change, He wants to change us. And even Jesus said, You know, you need to become like a little child, even to enter the kingdom of God. talks about a whole new creation. And the key scripture for this series, Romans 12, two, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need to change our thinking. We need to start to hope that there is a happy ending. How many of you would like, actually, to have a happy ending? Anybody want a happy ending? Is it just a fairy tale? Do you think that doesn't really happen? And uh, There's so much trouble and strife and challenge and suffering and you've maybe experienced suffering and desperation and depression and, and so much stuff you, you know, that you think, I can happy ending. It's just a fairy tale. The truth is, Easter, when Jesus died on the cross, a whole new world opened up the disciples immediately after the, the the cross and the resurrection of Jesus when beauty died but rose again the world changed the disciples started to be transformed in their understanding of what the world was like and you i hope can have that same easter experience it's not just the date it's not the ceremony but your own easter experience of coming and believing that Jesus did die on the cross, that there is a God, that he did rise again, that the hope that there is a happy ending beyond the grave, that that Easter changed the whole world forever, to know that mankind was just not limited to three score and ten, that there is life beyond, that your hope of a happily ever after doesn't just rest on how successful your life is or how good your life is or how happy your life is or how fruitful or uh, successful but happily ever after is guaranteed through Christ. That's the gospel. Happily ever after is ours. Promise that death is defeated. But our thinking might need to be transformed to get that. Our behaviour in response to that truth might need to change. And the moment when—I don't know if it happened to you, Michael. Didn't really happen to me so much. That transformation when the beast becomes Prince Charming. Maybe it did, mate. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. I gave my life to Christ at twenty. I didn't. I was trying to grow a beard at the time, not trying to lose one. I didn't suddenly become Prince Charming. Sally may tell you differently, but I I didn't really. The beast was still there, but something had changed when I had my Easter experience, when I decided to believe, when my mindset started to change, my thinking decided to believe that there is a God and he's a God of love and the Bible is true and that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, that there is hope after death, that life is more than meets the eye. Gradually, I started to change. Ultimately, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that it will be a happily ever after. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. There is a happy ending for everybody that comes to Christ, to believe in him, to receive him as your Savior and your Lord. But we don't need to wait until that moment when a life, when a physical life is finished, to start to receive the happy ending, the promises of God. We, God is committed to changing us from the inside out, from the moment you allow him to, from the moment you, cut, you invite him into your heart. He wants to change our thinking. He wants to transform us into glory. He wants to change us into people that are a blessing. We've been talking about the blessing strategy. You are the blessing. We are the blessing if we're being transformed by Christ. Next slide, please. It's true, isn't it, that change is difficult. I didn't become Prince Charming immediately overnight. some things happened, though. I started to read my Bible. I started to go to church. I started to change my behavior because I believed that that's the right thing to do, that if God is real, Christ is alive. I started to do that. I found little changes. I was able to stop swearing, Jill. I managed to stop swearing quite quickly. I'd had swear boxes before and tried it. I wanted to try and improve, but you'd just slip into it, wouldn't you? you But an early sign that God was changing me for me—I don't know anybody else noticed, but I noticed. Oh, something is happening. A friend told me that I was happier a few months into this Christian journey. Little changes, but deep changes, inner changes that Christ brings to us can happen. But there's a challenge. And you need to know, I thought I was meant to be perfect. And I thought every other Christian was pretty much perfect when I first came to Christ. And that can be a bit of a pressure, you know. You think, oh, I'm not good enough to come to church. I'm not good enough to come to a prayer meeting. I'm not good enough to read the Bible, I'm not good enough to do this and, and that, I, we un- I understand that sense that we feel we need to make ourselves better but the, 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 the truth is that we'll find along our Christian walk that we're still reverting back to some of the behaviours that we've always had. Whatever it is for you that you know you just wish you didn't. It. We have an internal enemy. We have something inside of us that makes us do the things we don't really want to do, and especially uh, we've seen something different. We've seen goodness. We've seen love. We've received grace. We're understanding a little bit about the hope that God is good. We have an internal enemy. Paul, this guy Paul I talked about, who wrote much of the New Testament, much of the Bible, an amazing character. If you don't know about Paul, really get, I really encourage you to find out about him. A, a massive conversion experience. You can read about in Acts. But along the line, he says this, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. I do not, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. If I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin living in me. This world, sin that you come across in the Bible a lot in Christian circles. It's just doing what God doesn't want, and you don't really want, but you can't help doing it. Sin its just planning your own life, meeting your own desires, pleasing yourself, making you more of the priority than somebody else. It's, it's, it, it's something that describes the stuff we've got in our life that just is pulling us down, making us selfish, making us um, proud or conceited or doing stuff. Paul had that same sin, but God wants to change us. And he ends by saying, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I need you to know, I want to encourage you today that wherever you're at, if you're struggling with the sense that you're not good enough, that you're not changing, that you're still reverting to some of the stuff you don't want to do, that's common to all mankind, to all Christians. We all battle. We all find it difficult to make it through we all are, feel like underachievers sometimes we want to do more but we can't even paul said the same ah oh, i just can't seem to do it we've we've got that stuff in us driving us the wrong way we also have an external enemy if you come to faith in christ and god and you also need to understand that there is an enemy the devil who is desperate to reinforce your negative thinking about yourself, to reinforce the sense that you're not worthy. We go right back to the beginning of G- when Genesis explains what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. Several times God says, man is made in my image, and you are made in God's image. We are made in God's image. But the, the devil came in in the form of our servant and said, you know, you know, If you just eat that thing you'll be like God. The enemy there is an enemy trying to attack your self-image and say you're not good enough. Your image is not good enough before God. Your image needs to be better if you do this or you do that. Your self-image is what is attacked most of all. It's the root of where Sin comes from. And Adam and Eve believed the lie, bit the apple, and man was fallen and gave us all that same disease that I just described that makes us want to do our own thing to try and make our own self image, to try and establish our own self righteousness, to make ourselves good. We have an external enemy. It says you need to be alert. The devil prowls, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. We're all in this together, folks. It's a battle. Life is a battle. So, Easter and coming to the cross, becoming a Christian, is not the end of the story, it's just the beginning that actually things might get tougher for you. You might become more self-conscious. Your conscience might be, become just a bit louder. You might become more aware of what you're doing is wrong. And you will gradually be able to change some things, that there's some things you'll continue to battle with. And it's a never-ending story of transformation, that God is moving us from glory into glory, gradually helping us change the way we think, the way we are, the way we behave so that we can be a blessing for others. That's the Christian journey. That's the essence of where we're going between now and our ultimate glory. When, like Belle, Jesus says, I love you, I love you, I love you, and the curse is broken forever and ever, and we raise up into his arms into eternity. So God wants us to change because he loves us. Because he's in us. Not so that he can become in us. so Not so that he can love you more. Because he loves us, he wants us to change. But change is difficult. It's a battle. Stopping us changing. Let's see the next slide, please. Clara. And we need to, therefore be deliberate about how we deal with this. It's easy as a person just to drift and accept this. But we're encouraged by Paul to set some spiritual goals that we can allow God to change us. Firstly, if we say, just giving your life to Jesus is the first step in allowing God to change you. Paul writes, I want to know Christ That's what it's about, knowing God better. To know the power of His resurrection, participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forget what is behind, straining to what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus. Paul knew he had to set some goals, and goals are a terribly dry business-like word. But the goals we're talking about are spiritual goals that allow us to move forward a step at a time to identify what God needs us to do in our life. For example, let's look at the next slide quickly. God has not left us powerless. And if we make decisions as a a young believer, as a young Christian, to be baptized. We believe as new believers, as grown-ups, as adults, it's good and right to be baptized. This, we believe, is what Peter preached to the church in the first ever sermon. Be baptized for times of refreshing are coming. Be filled with the Spirit. If you've never been baptized as a, um, believer. You may have been baptized as an infant, but if you want, uh, I encourage you to think about being baptized as an adult. If you've come to Christ, if you've become a believer, being baptized is one of the first things that we encourage to do because it's powerful in dealing with the inner man, the inner sin, the inner drives, the inner behaviors. It took me a f- few months to pluck up the courage to get baptized after I became a Christian. And I'm still waiting to become Prince Charming at this point, going back to that narrative. Quite hasn't happened yet. But I get baptized and something does happen inside me, the assurance I started to feel that, oh, I actually am a Christian. I've probably been eight months, a year into giving my life to Christ, becoming a Christian, every going, ah, great you're a Christian, going to church, reading the Bible, praying, beginning to start that journey. 10 months later, 12 months, I'm still not sure. Am I really a Christian? The guys are going to find me out. I'm just the same as I ever was. I got baptized and started that assurance, that revelation in my mind that God loves me. Okay. We can be set a goal to live by the Spirit. The Spirit of Him who lives in you. That engagement with the Holy Spirit is key to how we start. To allow God to change our behavior, change our thinking, change our understanding. And we, underst- we take the, the, the Bible daily. We can be filled daily, be asked daily to be filled with the Spirit. Be asked daily to be transformed. And He will come and He will fill us. Understanding God's promises. We encourage everybody to read the Bible. To open up and understand. Not so that you learn stuff, but you unlock the promises. That God has for you. That's what the Bible is just the whole treasure trove of promises, of love, of mercy, of um, stories better even than Beauty and the Beast. And wherever you're at, if you're just starting or if you're at the end of your journey, if you've been walking this walk for a while, it never stops. We have to build a character. Peter writes, for this reason, make every effort, make every effort. To add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective, unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from the past sins. There's always another step, always another era of our life that God wants to move in us, to encourage us in to help us in. It never stops, never goes on. Being significant that God wants to move in us to change us so that we can be a blessing. So that we can be a blessing. So you, uh, who's up for some change? And is anybody, actually, I, I think I want to be changed in some areas. Some areas I'm going to leave for a bit. But, oh Lord, change me, change me. Change me that I may know you more, that I may experience your love, that I may understand you more, that I can see people that, the way you see them. That love, that, that long list ended in love. To get to these things, to be somebody who is a, who is able to love is an incredible journey that God takes us on. And it's beautiful. And um, I want to just unlock one of these promises. Psalm we were singing it earlier. Amazing. You know, I, I've been enjoying the new Hillsong album that's out. Uh, there is more. I encourage you to get hold of it if you listen to it. Brilliant songs. I've been loving this song called Be Still. That I thought, ah, I just need to share this song with you. There's power in it. There's transformation. In it. It's a promise of Psalm 23. Just the last slide, Clara. Quickly, sorry, go back to that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God is always and forever with you because of the cross. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mayonnaise. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. surely, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Sometimes when we look ahead and set a goal, we don't see that it's because God wants to leave in your wake a trail of blessing, a deposit of blessing in the lives that you've encountered. That your children, your children's children, your um, neighbors, your friends, your workplaces, that you leave behind a blessing. Wouldn't that be a great hope and a promise? That where we've been, wherever we walk. What we leave behind is people who are blessed. That's what God is trying to transform us into, a walking blessing bomb. That wherever we go, people are encouraged, they're lifted up, see something of the goodness of God in our lives. It's a massive challenge. It's impossible for us on our own strength. But by the power of God moving our lives, we start to be transformed, to be able to lead behind us this trail of blessing wherever we go. That's what God wants us to become. That's the hope that he sees in us. And let's just play this uh, song now that uh, the band did so well. We'll bring the band back up a little bit later, but I want to encourage you just to take this moment to be honest with God and say, you know, sometimes I am beastly, but I want your beauty in my life. And in church on a we can come together and I want this moment to be a moment when you can receive the Holy Spirit maybe even for the first time you can ask the Holy Spirit to come help me change oh God help me change oh God so Holy Spirit please do come just anoint this moment let your love I love you Hear that voice from God. Believe these promises. Thanks, Clara. It's good to go. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes and just take a, a walk in your imagination. Holy Spirit be still and know that the Lord is in Just fail. Here. It's just when you're ready just to, just let's stand together and if you can encourage you to lift your hands like you said and just overseeing promise is for you that your life will be a blessing for those you love the most That you want to take a step forward in your faith this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to come forward and receive prayer. If you're dealing with hurt, if you're feeling beastly, and you've been battling, and you just need a little bit of prayer support, come forward if you want. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, it does encourage you that to have hands laid on you releases the Spirit more. And if you want to be filled with the the Spirit this morning, that's your next step. If you're not sure you're filled with the Spirit and you would like to be, to have that assurance, just come down to the left here where Stephen is. We've got some people that can pray for you. If you're battling that beastliness inside of you that you would just love to shake that we'll off. All our days, for all our days. We trust the presence of God is here. So we trust Most of all, he wants to change the way you think about your image, your self-image. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love you. Jesus came back for us, just like Belle did. Her love, she could see the love in the beast, the gold in the beast, accepted him the way he was. But her her love transformed him, broke the curse on his life and set him and his whole household free. There. If you want some prayer from our prayer team, please do come down to the front. It's just easier for us to know and to do it there. And there's a step of faith that overcomes some of the fear and does a, a work for you. Need to come forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.